welcome back. Episode number three, Crowd Noise Podcast. Date today, Thursday, September 13th, 2018. Really football-heavy episode today. You have some fantasy news for you. No baseball, no basketball. Uh, basketball creeping up, though. It's, come, it's right around the corner, I think, in two weeks. Um, camps open. And then right around the corner is early October, mid-October. The season starts. So probably by next episode, we'll have some basketball to talk about. For But in the meantime, week three of college football, week two of NFL, Picks last week, uh, not well. I don't know if you've picked up. I'm pretty good at picking college games. Not so good at picking NFL games. Looking back last week, I think I won a thousand for the games that I did pick. Uh, I picked Stanford over USC. Picked Oklahoma over UCLA. And then what was that third game? Let me check my notes from last week. Oh, Clemson and A&M. That was actually a really good game. Uh, Texas A&M. They made Clemson sweat. That was a pretty good game. Had a chance to tie a Clemson defense. Rose to the occasion and uh, shut down any chance of an upset there. I was expecting that game to be a blowout. And it was a really good game in College Station in the rain. A lot of crowd noise. Uh, no pun intended there. So that was a good game. Still, Clemson pulled out the victory there. No real uh, upsets last week, which makes me hesitant to pick games this week. Usually when the dust starts to settle in college football, that's when you see the big teams get popped and you see these huge um, upsets. But there aren't too and here well, I was just going to say, there aren't too many marquee matchups. A lot of teams playing small schools. Another perfect recipe for disaster. Um, to, uh, games that are completely overlooked. Teams that you fully, you don't even watch the game because you fully expect for them to win. Those are the games where you see teams uh, get upset. So for the first marquee matchup of the week, marquee, I'm talking about two powerhouse teams the best rankings um there are some games uh one team on upset alert uh, i would say is uh, oklahoma against uh, iowa state that's one game i would suspect could be uh, an upset alert but uh in college football no one knows no one ever knows so the first marquee matchup number seven auburn against number 12 lsu that game will be played uh in auburn a lot of people are picking the uh, LSU Tigers, uh, matchup of two Tigers there. Coach O has a history of winning games. He has absolutely no chance of winning. And evidence of that, uh, two weeks ago, LSU and Miami. No one gave uh, LSU any kind of chance to pick that game. The one person on the planet who did pick LSU, you're listening to him. Uh, I was the only one who picked LSU to beat Miami. Uh, but Cocho also has a long history of losing games that he's supposed to win. So me seeing a lot of people pick LSU makes me really hesitant to believe uh, LSU is going to pull off this upset. It wouldn't be a major upset, Auburn being number 7, LSU being number 12. Um, not too uh, big of a variation in uh, – not too big of a difference in rankings there. But Auburn – Jared Stidham is going to be the second best quarterback that uh, LSU plays this year. The first being uh, Tua Togavailoa. And uh, I said in the first episode, LSU's schedule is hellacious. Probably one of the worst in the country. Um, they, I did say they'd beat one of them. I picked, my, I picked them to beat Miami, one of the big dog schools in their uh, schedule. They have a chance to beat two. They weren't going to beat all of them. Uh, Auburn being the second top 10 team that they've LSU has played in three weeks, and it's a true road game. They played Miami on a neutral field, and Jared Stidham's a great quarterback where Malik Rozier 
is not. Um, I'm going to take the Tigers of Auburn. War Eagle on that one. Second game, teams uh, not not on the same scale as far as uh, college football playoff hopes, but two big-name programs. Uh, certainly a, a exciting game, uh, maybe the most appealing game of the weekend, is uh, USC and Texas. USC being ranked number 22, Texas being ranked not unranked uh, coming into this game. Both teams are 1-1. One one. Uh, both teams are coming off really uh, really slow, um, underwhelming starts. Uh, we'll get to USC first. They won the first game against UNLV, and then they looked really lethargic, really slow. Uh, as I predicted, I got another game I predicted correctly in college, uh, against Stanford. They're coming, off, they're coming off of a loss against Stanford on the farm. And I did say, well, first, they just looked really, really slow. The play calling was vanilla. There was no emotion on offense just really boring um bubble screen you they went right back to that and i said if they have if their one chance to beat stanford is to play the deep ball play vertically and they did the exact opposite of that they played they passed the ball sideline to sideline they refused to run the ball the one drive that they scored on um, jt daniels was actually out of the game he hurt his hand Went inside, went into the locker room. So Matt Fink, their backup quarterback, took over. They ran, 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 ran the ball. I mean, they drove right down the field, and all they all they could get out of that was a field goal. And JT Daniels eventually returned, and they completely abandoned the run game. And it's not like they replaced the run game with a deep pass threat. They replaced the run game with more screen passes, checkdowns, crossing routes. It was, I mean, they were really unexciting, and. Uh, I understand they have a, a true freshman at quarterback. I don't see that as an excuse, though. Um, Jake Fromm last year is a true freshman. Uh, Jalen Hurts, when he first played for Alabama, was a true freshman. What do those two uh, players have in common? They both played in a national championship game. So, And I don't think the talent difference between Georgia and Alabama and USC is huge. I really don't. USC every year is a top 15 recruit uh, recruiting school in the country there's no excuse as far as talent so that points to your coaching and your play calling why do we have these top 15 recruiting classes every single year i said we usc has these top 15 recruiting classes every single year and all they could muster was one field goal again against stanford uh not not good stanford not a bad team though and that we'll talk about that uh right now i picked stanford to make the playoff Texas loses week one against uh, Maryland, who's uh, they're not a bad team, but they're they're not uh, challenging anyone for um, you know the college football playoff. They're gonna be they're not gonna be in a New Year's Six bowl. And then uh, last week they squeaked by um, Toledo by one touchdown. They beat yeah Texas beat Toledo by seven points. So that's that's not a good win for them either. Uh, and that's really where I draw the line between these two teams. Um, both te- They're almost identical. Uh, Clay Helton on the hot seat already, especially two years ago, was 1-2, and two, and that was the beginning of the Sam Darnold era. Uh, Tom Herman on the hot seat as well. I think he has a little bit longer of a leash than Clay Helton only because he's, a, uh, he's an alumni. Uh, the fans usually have more patience with him, and it's his second season. So he's just getting he's just getting started, but it's not off to the right start. Uh, both teams have had really uh, disappointing 
quarterback play. JT Daniels being, you know, supposed uh, supposed to he has big shoes to fill. He has to replace uh, Sam Darnold, but uh, he's a Gatorade Player of the Year, national champion at uh, modern day. Uh, high expectations for him. He has not lived up to them to this point. It's only week two, and Sam Ellinger has been really disappointed. They also looked really vanilla on offense against Maryland. I didn't watch the Toledo game, but if you only beat them by seven points, I don't see uh, what could have made a difference in the game versus what the box score showed. So that's really where I, I draw the line between these two teams is USC's played bad, but against better schools. Texas has played bad against uh, bad schools. So um, they're really not – the games in Austin, that could be a, a big factor for uh, for Texas. It's the second game in their uh, two-year home-and-home series, last year being in the Coliseum. Um, Sam Darnold saved the day, uh, forcing overtime and then forcing a double overtime, and then they ended up winning by a field goal. Uh, the first match was in the Rose Bowl, uh, greatest college game of all time. Uh, this game will not be that. I think this is going to be a low-scoring game, real close game. It's a really hard game to pick because they're so almost evenly matched. Um, I, they're really almost the same team. They've got off to the same start for the season. But I'm going to go ahead and take USC. Um, if they can get back to the run game, which is what worked for them, against Stanford and they abandon that if they can run the ball and bring Texas's defense in closer then maybe they can have a chance to let JT Daniels loose and really let him go down the field uh USC 17 to 10 so those are all the games for college well not all the games only two games but those are the two games that caught my eye for over the weekend like I said uh, Oklahoma Iowa State that could be a possible uh, upset uh game Alabama's not going to get upset week three and by saying that, they will almost surely get upset week three. Um, I don't even know who they play, to be honest with you. They uh, probably uh, the Citadel or Northern Alabama um, Dance and Technical School is probably who they. The Alabama schedules some really poor non-conference teams. The SEC is uh, amongst the best, probably the best conference in college football. But out, their non-conference schedule is like awful. I mean, ter- outside of last year, they played Florida State, and Florida State was not a good team last year, so. Um, yeah, there's that, and Alabama's probably not playing anyone. So with that, let's go ahead to games uh, this Sunday. But first, games this Thursday, tonight. Uh, Thursday night football, Ravens and Bengals, AFC North matchup. Uh, I picked the Ravens to win the division, um, go to the playoffs this year. I think the Steelers just have too much, uh, just too much going on in the locker room that has nothing to do with football, uh, number one being Le'Veon Bell. Uh, and the Ravens, they lived, up, they lived up to that prediction last week. I said Joe Flacco's main goal this season needs to be to keep Lamar Jackson off the field. He failed in doing that only because they pulled away so far from the Buffalo Bills that um, they had no choice but to sit Joe Flacco because the game was out of hand. So, they, so maybe that's Joe Flacco's goal. Uh, have Lamar Jackson play every single game just in the last five and a half minutes of the fourth quarter. The defense looked really good. I think they only gave up three points or three points or seven points. I think it was three. The Bills were terrible. Um, the Bengals looked pretty good last week, but I don't see uh, – it's going to be a close game as most AFC North games are. They're really uh, defensive games. Andy Dalton's going to have to win it, and uh, I don't think he will. He's never been a one to take over games and single-handedly win games. 
He's never been one to multiple-handedly win games. He's, uh, I'm not a big fan of Andy Dalton, even with uh, A.J. Green. One weapon that I think is going to help him this year if the Bengals have any chance of not finishing in last place um, is Joe Mixon. He's going to add some balance to the Bengals. Um, they're not going to be... They're not going to have to be an air raid offense, which is not a good idea when Andy Reid is the one throwing the ball for you 40 times a game. But Joe Mixon gives them a lot of balance. He's a, a good young running back. He had a solid week last year. I mean, excuse me, last week he had a good he had a good game last week. But I don't think uh, I don't think it's going to be enough for them to uh, to beat the Ravens. They'll go two and zero. I'll take the Ravens 19 to 12. Thursday night games really yield like. A lot of weird scored games, and it's the reason that is I think is because there's such a short, um, you know, break from Sunday. The players really aren't ready to to get going in, a, in another uh, game in, in just three days. You, I know it's four days from Sunday, but you really only get three days to prepare. And the fourth day, it's a game day. You're not practicing. You're you're getting ready. I don't think that's enough time. So you see a lot of weird games, a lot of weird plays. Uh, Ravens 19 to 12. There will be a safety in this game. Probably, I don't think the Bengals will score uh, four field goals. Um, they'll probably get a safety. I don't know where, I don't know when, but there will be a safety in this game. A lot of weird stuff. Um, Thursday night games are just, I don't like, they're really weird. They're offered awful games. So with that, let's go to the games that aren't awful, and those are on Sunday. These are three games. Let's see, one, two, three. Yeah, two, uh, three games that uh, I think are big games. They're... Um, Obviously, more than three games this weekend, but these are the three games that caught my attention. Uh, Sunday, Chiefs and Steelers. Um, the real question about when you're looking at this game is how high are you, are you on Patrick Mahomes? Uh, he, had a great, he had a great game last week against uh, the Los Angeles Chargers. I said last week I wasn't going to call him San Diego, and I called him San Diego anyway. I felt... Uh, less bad about that uh, after after I recorded last week. Um, Tim Callishaw called him San Diego. Uh, Tony Kornheiser called him San Diego on uh, Pardon the Interruption. So I felt less bad about that. These guys are professionals. They've been doing this for probably longer than I've been alive. So for them to call them San Diego uh, made me feel like maybe I have a future in this business. But uh, they are Los Angeles Chargers who were torched by Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid in uh, – Los Angeles's defense, they had uh, no Joey Bosa. So that was a big blow to them. But nonetheless, Joey Bosa, less Chargers, is still better than the Steelers' defense, I think. They blew a 21-7 lead to the undefeated Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns are undefeated. They're the only team to break a losing streak without winning a game. That's unbelievable. And the Steelers are also undefeated. Um, Technically, they haven't lost as uh, the Cleveland Browns have not. Uh, James Conner, he'll get the ball another. He got the ball over 30 times last week. I couldn't believe it. The Steelers are really trying to stick it to Le'Veon Bell. And Le'Veon Bell is sticking it to the Steelers by costing himself $800,000 a game. Bold strategy there, Cotton. Uh, I don't think that'll be enough for uh, the Steelers offensively because they're going to have to keep up with uh, Andy Reid and the Chiefs. I think this is another example. Mike Tomlin gets out coached. Andy Reid's a little bit too creative on offense, especially with all those weapons. Um, Patrick Mahomes, Kareem Hunt, um, Tyreek Hill, or Tarod, uh, Tariq Hill. Tariq Hill. We're going to start a new uh, tie or tug gates with Tariq Hill. Tyreek Hill. 
Uh, I'll take the Chiefs, 35 to 24. Uh, second game here, Panthers and Falcons. Uh, the Panthers are undefeated. They're one and zero. Beat the Cowboys. But what you have to ask yourself: How much of that was good Carolina, and how much of that was bad Dallas? Um, the Panthers didn't look uh, too dangerous. They only scored 16 points. Uh, they had a chance to steal defeat from the jaws of victory. Cowboys had the ball with the chance to score um, touchdown and then a two-point conversion, which would have tied the game, sending it overtime. But the Cowboys didn't go crazy. They went Cowboys, fumbled the ball. The game was over there. Um, I don't think they're not going to be able to do that. They're not going to be able to score 16 points and win against the Falcons. The Falcons also have a good defense. The Cowboys have a good defense. We're able to hold Panthers to 16. The Falcons' defense is probably even better than that. So I don't think they're going to be able to shut down Atlanta and all those weapons entirely like they did to um, Dallas. So I'll go ahead and take uh, – and, no, the Falcons are coming off of a long break, too. They played on Thursday night last week against uh, the Eagles, the Thursday before Sunday, the opening day, the opening day before the opening day. So they're coming off of a, a long uh, break. So I'll take the Falcons at this one, 24-13. to 13. Cam Newton did really well. I will say that uh, week one against the Cowboys, it wasn't with his throwing, it was with his running, which is what I have been critical of. Uh, he's not an accurate passer, that's no secret, but he's the most athletic quarterback uh, in the league. you got to give uh, credit to Russell Wilson also. But I, as far as running, uh, there's no one more dangerous than Cam Newton in the open field. He did look well against the Cowboys. It was the rest of the offense that really didn't get going much. Uh, the last game... Packers and Vikings. That one's in Green Bay. The health of Aaron Rodgers is still a mystery. He will tell you that he is in the best shape of his life. He is not. Um, he's not ruled out. I think he's being listed with an MCL sprain on his knee. A sprain, not a tear. It's a big, big time difference. But he's not 100%. He's not ruled out, but he's not going to be 100%. Um, that's, a big, that's a big deal. The Vikings defense is really good. This is the same team that ended his season last year. Remember that? It was Anthony Barr drove him into the ground. That would be a penalty now. Um, I think it's called leading with your or driving through the quarterback into the ground and landing with all of your weight because referees are fantastic at determining how much body weight per square inch um, defensive linemen can apply because they're astrophysicists, I guess. Um, man, the NFL rule changes. Their, their heart's in the right place, but they're just not going at it the right way. Then um, the Packers' defense, they had a hard time keeping the lid on Mitchell Trubisky. So my question is, what is Green Bay going to do against Kirk Cousins and Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen? Uh, I don't know if they can completely shut all those guys down, uh, and Dalvin Cook for that matter. So I think Kirk Cousins puts Green Bay in a hole that is inescapable and Aaron Rodgers well I don't know he's Aaron Rodgers he might he just might but I don't think he can uh save Green Bay from this one I think her cousin's gonna put them in a hole they can't get out uh final score Vikings 33 to 10 that's without Aaron Rodgers and I think with Aaron Rodgers in the game it's closer but I'll take the Vikings 28 to 17 that being with Aaron Rodgers so those are all the marquee games this week um I'm so let's go ahead and uh, go to some something a little bit more lighthearted, I guess. Uh, some fantasy football. It's different from real football. It absolutely is. Uh, so fantasy stardom and sit em for week two. Now this is barring any, if you have any top players, if you have any of these guys that I'm going to list, well, 
I mean, you're in luck. You get some in-depth analysis here for free. But if you have any top players, that being a Drew Brees, a Deshaun Watson, uh, Julio Jones, Antonio Brown, Alvin Kamara, Melvin Gordon, uh, Rob Gronkowski, any of those guys, yeah, you don't need you don't need uh, any of this to start them, sit them. You already have your guy. You have your set it and forget it guy. But if you have any questions, you have maybe a um, someone you're not too fully invested in, you're not too sure of yet. So this is uh, this is for you. So the first one, start them, sit them, start Jimmy G. Now I know we were just talking about uh, Jimmy G. He got stifled by uh, Minnesota. Um, I even went off on a tangent really quick. I had to edit that out. So yeah, there's that. Um, I'm not I'm not completely uh, turned off by Jimmy G from uh, week one. I'm not he's not turning me away from that. Minnesota has a really really good defense. They're gonna do that to a lot of teams, and he gets a very a more than friendly matchup with the Lions that um, enabled Sam Darnold to look like the second coming of Dan Marino. I mean, the Lions they're they're no good. They're not good at all. Uh, the Vikings defense is top ten in the league. They're yeah they're gonna. They're going to shut down a lot of quarterbacks this league. That's something that you cannot say about Matt Patricia's Detroit Lions. If you have Jimmy G, you're not sure who to start at quarterback, take Jimmy G. He's going to throw for a lot of yards and a lot of touchdowns in that game uh, against the Lions. Number two, start him, sit him. Sit Kenny Stills. Now, this is the literally the opposite situation of Jimmy G. He had a Kenny Stills had a great week, week one. He went off in fantasy. I don't see that. Uh, continuing week two, whereas, I mean, Jimmy G had a bad week, week one. I see him bouncing back week two. Kenny Stills had a good week, week one. I see him regressing week two. He's playing uh, Sam Tarnold's Jets. Uh, they had a re- Their offense went up and down the field against Detroit, and their defense shut down uh, Matt Stafford and the Lions also. They have a plus secondary, um, the New York Jets do. They have Trumaine Johnson and, of course, Jamal Adams. I don't think uh, excuse me. I don't think the Dolphins are going to be able to air it out on the Jets and go up and down. Uh, I think they're going to have to run the ball more because they're, the passing game is just going to be taken away. I don't like Kenny Stills this week. Uh, if you're considering putting him in as a wide receiver too or as your flex, I would probably look for other options. Uh, we're going to have a uh, waiver wire uh, segment of the show in a few minutes. So stay tuned for that if you don't have any other options i would look for something else if you're in a really really deep ppr league um i guess but there are always there's always another option i mean you take a risk on somebody else i don't like kenny stills i didn't let it like him last week um i'm not really big on the dolphins or their offense or their entire organization but i don't i don't see him repeating another 25 point or 30 point depending on if you have bonuses in your league uh performance in week two uh stardom sit him sit demarius thomas now you a few years ago this would be a set it and forget it this would be automatic you, you have demarius thomas he's your wide receiver number one no question about it but that was a few years ago and that was with peyton manning now case keenum the theme this week is the opposite of week one is going to happen in week two case keenum had a really good uh, game week one, but they had to throw the ball a lot. It was a close game against Seattle. Um, they play Oakland this week. I don't. They should be able to. They should be able to take care of John Gruden. I don't think it'll be um, a close game. They should. Ta- they should uh, have control of this game. 
by early in the second half, meaning they're going to run the ball a lot. They're not going to need to throw the ball like they did last week because they're not going to need to score. Um, so I don't like Demarius Thomas. He had, again, he had a really good – I don't know about really good. Kenny Stills had a better week. But he had a good game week one as far as fantasy is concerned. Um, I don't expect him to repeat that week two. Uh, I think Denver has to fi- figure out its um, – it's running situation. They kind of have a running back by committee right now. Uh, Royce Freeman, Philip Lindsay, and uh, Devontae Booker, who's kind of being a leech. He's just taking the carries away from the first two, Royce Freeman and Philip Lindsay. I think they're going to run the ball a lot more. They're going to need the run, need to run the ball a lot more, being you know ahead most of the game. I don't like uh, Demarius Thomas. Last one, start him, sit him. Start Isaiah Crowell. Now he's split carries with Bilal Powell I think Bilal Powell had more carries than Isaiah Crowell did but Isaiah Crowell had more touches and he scored two touchdowns Bilal Powell did not score he did not get into the end zone he was big play dependent in week one but um, he catches a lot of passes they use him more in the passing game and Todd Bowles has created a system that's uh, check down friendly very close uh, to the line of scrimmage and that's because of Sam Darnold you know he's, he's a rookie uh, it hasn't fully developed yet, not even almost fully developed. Uh, it's his first game ever. So he's going to have a lot of passes, you know, close to him, a lot of checkdowns, nothing too deep. Sam Darnold had a big play with Robbie Anderson, but that was, a you know, another coverage breakdown by Detroit, another reason to start uh, Jimmy G. But for the most part, Sam Darnold uh, checks it down mostly. So Isaiah Crowell, he's going to catch a lot of passes for those of you in PPR leagues. Uh, he's going to get a lot of dump downs and then, with that, he has an opportunity for yards after the catch. So I like Isaiah Crowell. I wouldn't be too concerned about him splitting time with Bilal Powell. I don't think it's as serious as a situation as um, any New England running backs or like a Denver. They're splitting carries with uh, Royce Freeman and Philip Lindsay. Isaiah Crowell, he's the starter. He's going to get most of the carries, most of the looks. And he's going to get the ball in the red zone, as we saw. He had two touchdowns. One of them was a big play, and one of them was in the red zone. Uh, so start Isaiah Crowell. Do you have any concerns uh, with your running back or with your flex? Isaiah Crowell, more than uh, a viable option for you. If Now, if you didn't have any players here on my four, start them, sit them, or you're just looking for another flex, and I this segment wasn't really helpful for you, here are two waiver wire pickups that I think should help you for this week. Now, these are rental players. These are, I wouldn't say these are well, one of them is a rental. One of them uh, might help you throughout the season, maybe not. But for this week, these are the, here are the two top waiver wire pickups. First one, John Brown. Now, this one is a, kind of a scary one be only because they play tonight. If you pick them up, you're going to have to start them. You're not going to pick them up to think about it. You're going to pick them up to use them tonight. Uh, John Brown, yes, the same John Brown from the Arizona Cardinals. He's kind of found a resurgence in Baltimore, as has um, Joe Flacco. Uh, keep keep repeating that Joe Flacco is going to have a, a really good year throwing the ball because he's trying to keep Lamar Jackson at bay. Um, and for those of you who are in bonuses, uh, bonus leagues, or leagues that offer bonuses, excuse me, John Brown, he's a big play receiver. He likes to go down the field he's a big speed guy and Joe Flacco has a plus arm he like he'll give it to him he likes to air out the ball so any big play touchdowns you're getting another two to three points um for your 40 yard plays or 50 yard plays that's another if you add those up that's another five points so I mean that's uh, 11 points for the bonuses six points for a touchdown and then 
you're not include that's not even including the yards and then if you're in a ppr uh, point for the cat so john brown if he connects on one of those big plays uh he could really give you a lot of points in a in a hurry so there's john brown that's someone if he could actually be a good option going forward in the you know coming weeks uh, future uh in the future of this season he could be a big option for you um especially it all depends on how joe flacco uh, performs for the rest of the way i think i expect him to um continue on the same path that he was on week one now here's another here's one for you this is going to be a rental and a risky one a high risk high reward ricky seals jones tied in for the cardinals um He's a high-risk, high-reward guy. And the reason he's here, you know, I know you're saying, who the heck is it? Why is he a waiver wire out of the week? Like he's, He was a backup tight end a few years ago. But he picks up a friendly matchup, especially what makes him high-risk is the Cardinals did absolutely nothing offensively last week. They were shut down. But what makes him high-reward is that he draws a tight end friendly matchup with the Rams. And the Rams... Uh, played Monday night against the Raiders. They made Jared Cook look like the second coming of Antonio Gates. So he's going to get a lot of opportunities, a lot of looks. It's, um, it all depends. It's a high, this is a really high-risk, high-reward. You're taking a big chance on Ricky Seals-Jones. Um, maybe for some of you who have a tight end who underperformed week one, maybe this might not be worth the risk. But if your team, if you started off 0-1, you're not looking to go 0-2 and, and you want to make a big splash, this might be the guy for you. Um, if Sam Bradford can keep them on the field and David Johnson, their offense is heavy on David Johnson. Um, he didn't get a lot of carries last week, a lot of touches until the fourth quarter in a garbage time David Johnson did. But Ricky Seals-Jones gets a uh, really friendly matchup with uh, excuse me, the Rams. I almost said the Raiders. He gets a friendly matchup with the Rams this week. Who uh, Jared Cook didn't score a touchdown, but that's Jared Cook, I think, in the last um, I want to say five years, he has three touchdowns total, does Jared Cook. So Ricky Seals-Jones, more likely to catch a touchdown than Jared Cook. And Jared Cook had a lot of points um, in PPR leagues anyway. I think he had, he had almost 30. So, um, And that was without a touchdown. So Ricky Seals-Jones, you're taking a risk on Sam Bradford and the Cardinals, but you're, you're taking that risk because um, Sean McVay just doesn't pay attention to the tight ends for whatever reasons. There are some teams that are tight end friendly, the Rams are one of them. That's going to go. Oh, no, that's not going to do it. That's going to uh, wrap it up for football in the fantasy segment. If you have any other questions, uh, feel free to um, contact me through uh, Carrier Pigeon. So that brings us to last segment, quote of the week. Um, not too many good quotes, but there was one that was, uh, it didn't seem quote of the week worthy at the time. In fact, I thought it was pretty obnoxious and annoying. But after, as the week developed, it became the clear-cut quote of the week because it was hilarious. Uh, here we go. I really want to play against Serena. Quote, one, Naomi Osaka. Really? You wanted to play Serena? Well, I'm sure she did want to play Serena and soon realized that playing Serena, probably one of the worst matches of her career, not because of her performance, because of Serena's performance or lack thereof, um, we all know what happened, Serena. Uh, really, it was a bad situation for everyone. I'm not on any particular side. I know some people were saying Serena's uh, aggression was uncalled for. And then there's the argument, well, if she was a man, she could have gotten away with a lot worse. Or men get away with a lot worse. Um, they took points away. They took a game away from Serena. And she didn't use any curse words. She 
she did smash her uh, racket. She did call the uh, umpire a thief. Um, and it just it just set a really, really awkward tone on the whole the whole match. It was a champions, championship match, a U.S. Open. I know I'm losing listeners right now because we're talking tennis, but I thought it was just hilarious. She was so excited to go into this match against the greatest athlete to ever live, Serena Williams. And it really, it really not only dampened, it took away her moment. It put a permanent asterisk on Naomi Osaka's uh, U.S. Open win. It, it really took away. And it's not on Serena. It's really a lot of people want to blame the umpire. Um, in a championship match, any, in any sport, you see in basketball, the game is 10 times more physical in the playoffs. The Super Bowl, or not necessarily the Super Bowl, but NFL playoffs. You're not going to see as many flags. They're going to let you play. I don't see why it, that was the time to enforce etiquette. And I also don't see Serena brought in a, brought up a lot of stuff that was really uncalled for. Not necessarily uncalled for, but just out of left field. Like just bringing uh, a bunch of things that had nothing to do with the match uh, into the argument. And Naomi Osaka in, in tears as she was um, crowned champion. It really just ruined the whole the whole tournament for everyone. Um, so I thought that that was the quote of the week. It was most interesting. It, I thought it was I thought it was ironic. I thought it was funny. She was looking forward to playing Serena. Thought it was going to be this great match, and everyone else did too. This was supposed to be a marquee matchup, and it just it was not. I mean, it was. It was a good match. I didn't watch it. I've heard it was a good match, but the story obviously was not about the tennis. It was about the hoopla. Quote of the week. That's going to go ahead and do it officially for this week. Thursday, September 13th, 2018, episode number three, Crowd Noise Podcast. You can listen on now, officially, guys. Congratulations to me, I guess, and, and you. Thank you for, the guys, uh, those of you who have been listening the uh, first three weeks. Apple Podcasts, we've made it on Apple Podcasts. We finally, we're, we're in the big leagues now, okay? We're up there with, uh, not up there with, but we're in the same uh, realm not realm. How do I say this without being disrespectful? Apple Podcast. That's where it's at. There are ESPN podcasters, Matthew Barry. All the big dogs are there, and and we are for some reason. This we got approved. So congratulations, go us. You can listen on Apple Podcasts, the Anchor app, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. So uh, that's going to go ahead and do it for this week. And hopefully, my back is still killing me, but it might not for much longer. That's all I'm going to say. Enjoy the weekend, everyone. Uh, Have a great weekend. And I wish you all the best. It's Crowd Noise Podcast.